0: Of God is true, amen, and, and some don't like to hear those things, I want to be ready, he's made a way, aren't you thankful he made a way, praise God, go with me in the scripture to the book of 1 Corinthians, praise God, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I just want to teach tonight, based on what I believe the Holy Ghost is going to do in greater measure, desires to do in greater measure, and His desire for you and I to be a part of what He's doing. This is His plan. And so, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 Starting with verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. Alright, like that sound like all of us. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, or I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand That no man, speaking by the Spirit of God, calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. The Amplified there says, no man can truly say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. What that literally means is, I cannot honestly say Jesus is Lord, speaking for me personally. And you cannot honestly say that Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Spirit in you. See, it's a declaration of truth and who He is, not who He is removed from me, who He is in, with, and to me. He is Lord. He rules, reigns, governs in my heart, my mind, and my life. I can't truly say that except by the Holy Ghost working in me. Otherwise, I'll not allow him to be Lord. So any expression of it is just words coming out of my mouth without truth. Does that make sense? I may say he's Lord, but unless I'm filled with his spirit, and his spirit's given freedom to operate in my life, he's not truly Lord. Right. Verse four. Now. Everybody say now. Yeah. All right. That's present tense. There are diversities or differences of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. Verse six. And there are differences of administration or different ways in which the gift operates, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. That's a greater what I just said, right? Diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. All right, so there's different gifts. The way the gift is administered may be different. The way the gift operates through different ones may be different. But the spirit that's doing the work is the same The God of the gift is the same. There's no difference of spirit just because it's administered differently or because it operates differently. When it is a gift of the Spirit, capital S, the Lord's Spirit, though the administration or the operation may be different, the clarity of the Spirit is the same because it's one Spirit that the gift comes from. Does that make sense? Amen. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So it's given this manifestation of the Spirit through gifts. It's given whomever the Lord gives it to. It's given so that it profits everyone. In other words, it's not given just to profit the individual through which the gift operates. All right. All right. Verse 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Do you think the Apostle Paul is wanting the church at Corinth to understand that every gift comes from the same Spirit? I think so, he kept repeating it. To another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these, everybody say all these, all these, all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit, capital S, dividing or giving to every man severally as he will. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit tonight. It is the design and the desire of God that the gifts of His Spirit operate in, with, and through the body of Jesus Christ. This is why the next several verses, chapter tw- or verse 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 and 16, all the way down through verse number 28 or 27, 13 through 27, Paul begins talking about the body, the body, the body, the body, the body, the body, the body. All right? All of the spiritual gifts are designed to operate in, with, and through the body of Christ. Now we know from what we just read. That every spiritual gift. Will not necessarily operate through every part of the body. We in agreement? Okay. So. A spiritual gift may operate through. Brother Martine as one part of the body. That doesn't operate. Through Brother Rene as another part of the body. Doesn't mean they're not both in the body. It's just that the Lord, this self-same spirit, gives gifts to every man severally as He wills. He wills. All right. So the Lord chooses how gifts of the Spirit are given to men and women to operate in, with, and through. Okay? Now, so we understand that, and therefore, we don't compare. Well, I want the gift he's got. Well, if that's the gifting that God chooses to operate in and through my life, so be it. All right? But we don't draw comparison of giftings. Now... All of these gifts of the Spirit, notice the Bible doesn't use the words gifts from the Spirit. They are gifts of the Spirit. How many of you own a pickup truck? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high if you own a pickup truck. One, two, three, four. All right. Everybody took note. No. How many of you have ever been asked to use your pickup truck to move, for somebody to move? Raise your hand. Every one of you. All right. All right. Now. How many of you allowed somebody to use your pickup truck to move? Raise your hand. Now, so what those people did that just raised their hand, these men and Sister Julie. What they did. <laughs> you got a pickup truck. All right. Amen. I'm a little jealous now. No. All right. So what they did is they gifted their pickup truck to be used for moving. You follow me? But did it become the person that was using it? Did it become their pickup truck? Did it? No. They used it. And hopefully they used it respectfully, carefully, understanding that, you know what, this truck I'm using right now does not belong to me. I've simply been gifted the use of this truck by the one who owns it. And I am now in, it is now in my control, right? To whatever degree, but I don't have ownership, but I'm now using it because it's been gifted to me for use, but I understand I'm not going to take it home and park it in my driveway and change the title in my name. It still, belo- I mean, it may be there overnight or so you understand, but it's been gifted to me to use, but it still belongs to the one who gifted it to me to use. We understand that? Okay. This is why these are gifts of the Spirit, not gifts from the Spirit. So this is important. I don't start taking ownership of spiritual gifts. They still are of the Spirit. So the Lord may give to you a gift of healing. And so now the Lord uses you. You can pray a prayer of faith and see people healed now th- this is different than just someone that obeys the word of god lays hands on someone prays the prayer of faith and the lord saves the sick or and raises them up it's different we all operate in that the bible says these signs shall follow them that believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover gift of healings a little different all right a gift of healing is someone that is used miraculously by god Right, the Spirit of God works through them where they flow and operate, and healing just comes almost everywhere they go. All right, I think of a uh, there's there's a man I know. There's there's several individuals I know, but one just comes to mind uh, that he clearly has God has gifted him with the gift of healing, and he doesn't go hardly anywhere that he doesn't pray for someone and they're healed. That's a gift of healing. Now, every one of us in this room that are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, even if you're not filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost yet, if you're a believer, the Bible says in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So you can pray a prayer of faith and someone recover or God heal them. That doesn't necessarily mean you or I have the gift of healing. Does that make sense to you? Are you distinguishing a difference? Okay. All right. Um, it also doesn't mean, and this this will be true of all these gifts. Okay, I'm not going to go through this on every But with spiritual gifts, the Lord may choose for it to operate through our life at any moment. Right? There may be a time where, in a need and a situation, in that moment, a child of God filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost has faith. And the Lord says, I want my gift of healing to operate through their life right now. And that gift of the Spirit operates through you or I in that moment. That may or may not mean I have been given by God the gift of healing. Okay? So because they are gifts of the Spirit, the Spirit determines when they operate. But the spirit also determines if he's giving a gift to us or if he's simply choosing to operate a gift through us. Does that make sense tonight? And so. Obviously, the point is. It's the spirit's choosing. Not mine. I choose to be yielded to the spirit now. I don't believe there's anything wrong with desiring spiritual gifts to work in your life. I think we should desire and expect spiritual gifts to operate. And I believe and know by the word of God that God desires spiritual gifts to operate through your life and mine. And God, according to his word, desires to give spiritual gifts to you and I. So it's his desire to give these things. And so what we must do in praying about them, seeking the Lord about them, and if we desire to have spiritual gifts working in and through our lives, we must understand our focus has to be the giver of the gift and not the gift. Always. It must be he who gives the gift. If I want the gift of healing because, wow, that would be so amazing when someone's sick to lay hands and they're healed, to pray for the sick and then be healed and and to see, you know, blind eyes open. Because, I mean, absolutely. But the Lord knows my motive. My motive. And so he gives gifts, remember, to profit with all. He gives gifts for the edifying of the body of Christ. Not for the edifying of parts in the body, not for the edifying of the individual, not to give individuals a platform to promote self, not to draw attention or glory to self. Notice Jesus, I think it's pretty safe to say he had all the gifts. Yeah, he was that self same spirit. But notice the example that Jesus set he had a gift of healing. He had the gift of miracles. We saw him. We read No, he healed blind eyes. We know that he broke five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 people from it. That's a gift of miracles. All right? Notice, when he healed the leper, when he healed the blind man, he said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody who did it. Why why, why was he saying don't tell anybody who did it? Because Jesus was giving us an example. If you go tell somebody who did it, you're going to tell them who I am. You're going to be drawing attention to my humanity, the man that they can see with their natural eye, rather than the God that is a spirit that dwells within And so I don't want people's focus on a man. I want their focus on God. I want God to be glorified. He said, I want my father to be glorified. The father dwelt in him and he dwelt in the father. And so he was saying, don't tell them who did it because he didn't want them pointing to a human being. He wanted the focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, not the man Jesus Christ. Does that make sense tonight? And so that was an example for you and I. Now, I know we're sort of moving deliberately here. But I'm trusting and believing that you're receiving and that you have faith. And I'm praying you recognize and understand I'm sharing these things tonight because the Holy Ghost has been dealing with me about these things for several months now. And I've been waiting for the time because the Lord is... Letting me to know I'm wanting to give gifts. And I'm wanting the body to operate in gifts. And so, we need some understanding scripturally about them. Okay? Now, I'm not going to go through them all tonight for sake of time. But watch. A word of wisdom. You know, we think gifts of the spirit. How many of you, when you think gifts of the spirit, you think like, ooh, ah, amazing. ah," Right? Right? I've had some of those conversations with some of you. Right? That's us putting our thoughts on it. Okay? In one of the gospels, in one of the gospels, you know the story of the man at Gadara that had thousands of devils in him? And Jesus got off the boat and he ran and worshipped him. In one of the Gospels, it's only recorded that Jesus said one word. Go. And all of those unclean spirits left the man. I don't think. Come here, Brother Martin. Let me keep picking on you. I don't think that Jesus said. Right now. You think Jesus did that? I don't either. Sometimes we bring a lot of theatrics into the gifts of the Spirit. You hear me? Now, I'm not saying that you won't feel emotion at times when they're going to operate. But they don't operate from emotion. If you and I choose to yield to And God chooses to use us in gifts of the spirit and we respond to emotion, feeling. We run the risk of being deceived and entertaining familiar spirits. And so they operate by the spirit in and through us. And so we get rooted and grounded in the word of God. We have relationship and fellowship with God. And then the gifts of the spirit operate as he chooses and where he's given them. Again, that doesn't mean you won't feel emotion, but emotion is not the driver for the operation of spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? Sorry if I like, shook you up too much there. Okay. Sometimes we feel the need. I, you know, we'll, we'll pray for somebody like, man, snap their neck off. You know, push them back into the carpet. You know, yell in their ear for 20 minutes. Okay. I, I know it's sort of humorous. It's sad though, isn't it? And, and, and I'm, again, I'm not saying you'll never feel emotion and that there won't be your voice won't raise. Or any, I, I'm not finding fault with that. Okay. Don't overthink it. But we have to trust and believe I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. If the Lord tells me he wants to heal my brother if my brother's sick. I can say, brother, can I pray for you right now? I believe the Lord wants to heal your body. I think he wants to touch your body. I think he wants to do that right now. And I can say, Jesus, according to your word and the faith that comes from you, I speak to this man's body by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And I command sickness to leave and wholeness to come by the word of God in Jesus' name. You feel that? I did too. I didn't yell. What do we operate in? We operate in faith. It's a gift. Now, again, it doesn't mean the next time I pray for him, I'm not. Right? We're just not yielding to emotion. We're trusting the operation of his spirit in our lives because we've been in fellowship with him. He wants to do these things. So. The word of wisdom. What's the word of wisdom? I don't have this all figured out. But the word of wisdom is when we have wisdom from God that is not our own wisdom. It's when we may be talking with someone and maybe I, I, this is the most common example I can think of. I can think of times where I can be in a conversation with someone. And they may pose a question and I don't have a clue. But I begin this, this conversation, I feel a flow of the Spirit in their hunger. I feel a flow of the Spirit of God. And I begin to speak to them. And there's things being said that they're like, man, I, that makes sense. And, and there's answers coming. And I recognize they're getting answers. And, they're, and, they're, and I'm like, man, that ain't my wisdom. Okay, that's a word of wisdom. That's something that comes from the Spirit of God. The wisdom of God, not something we've learned, not something we've experienced, Not something we have insight to from our own study, but a word of wisdom, the Spirit of God in a given situation gives wisdom for that situation that we did not get through a life experience or of our own finding and doing. Does that make sense? Word of wisdom. Uh, A word of knowledge could be a word spoken about a situation that the Spirit of the Lord gives where you you would have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Or you would speak about some situation and speak to something that there's no way you could know or have knowledge about. But God, by his spirit, gives you knowledge of a situation so that you can speak. All right. I I can tell you from my own experience, oftentimes I don't even realize that's happening until it's happened already. I really don't. There are times where I've said stuff and I've not thought a lot about it. I've just said it because it was flowing out in the moment of the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And then in hindsight, things come to light that there's an understanding. Wow. I shouldn't say wow, but it's like, wow. We shouldn't be like, it's God. He's God. But it's like, wow, the Lord was speaking exactly to that situation. That was a word of knowledge to speak. He had the knowledge of it. Okay, that's just one example. I, um, Faith, the gift of faith. Now, we all have faith. The Bible says there's given to every man a measure of faith. So we all have faith, some measure of faith. The gift of faith is, you ever met someone that seems like, man, they got faith in a different level. They they, they can just speak and faith comes out in the. There is a difference in the gift of faith and the measure of faith. All right? And so it's important that we understand these things are gifts because sometimes we look and go, man, they've got a measure of faith. I don't have. Man, what's it? And so we got to let the word help us understand there is a gift of faith and there is a measure of faith. And those are different things. We all have a measure of faith, but everyone doesn't have the gift of faith. You say, does that mean something's wrong with me? No. It means God hasn't chose to give that gift of faith to you or to I. He gives to every man severally as He will. All right? Uh, gifts of healing we talked about that already. the working of miracles. You say, well, healing's a miracle. Well, it's a different gift. I use the example of the five loaves and the two fishes, right? Five loaves and two fishes was a miracle. No healing involved. Blind eyes being opened is a gift of healing. See the difference? Gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. Or the working of miracles. Uh, um, A a miracle that I've seen common, uh, an element just as an example of the working of miracles, uh, is when under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, a man or woman of God filled with the Spirit of God will speak to the elements and the elements obey. Stop raining. <laughs> Stop snowing. Clouds part. Um, some of you are sitting here like, what? Um, I, I remember my grandmother telling a story one time. Her and my mom. They were clearing the land. My grandfather was there, too. They were clearing the land for where they were going to build the church. Uh, they'd been given an acre of land to build the church, and so they were clearing the land, and they'd built brush piles. And my grandfather had got some brush piles started and burning, and for some reason he needed to run back into town. And so he left my grandmother and my mom there to watch for things and keep things under while... or you know, sort of in check while he ran to town, and he'd be right back. Well, running to town at that time was, it'd probably be an hour before he got back. The church was out in the country, still sort of is. And uh, my grandmother tells a story. Wouldn't you know, she said, when he left, the wind started blowing. And this man has given us this acre of ground to build the church. And now the wind is blowing, And this fire is going to jump from this acre of ground and it's going to burn the ground and the land of the man who gave us this acre of land to build the church. My grandmother said, I didn't know what to do. There was no way. My mom's name is Donna. So my my grandmother says, there's no way me and Donna could control these fires. And like one, I don't know if you've ever stomped out a little fire. Anybody ever done that? You've been around a fire and it sort of jumped somewhere and you went over and stomped out the little one yeah yeah, I, I guess that's what they were doing, so I sort of laughed when I hear my grandmother telling that story, And she says she finally she just took my mom by the hand and said, "Donna, we're going to pray right now." said so she took her by the hand, they knelt down there in the middle of that lot and began to pray. And she said it began to rain, and it rained, and the fire got put out. It's a miracle. I'm not telling you my grandmother had the gift of miracles. But I'm telling you, that was a working of a miracle, speaking to the element. Now, again, the Lord will give gifts of the spirit. He will. But he will also choose that his spirit would operate through you in the way that we see these gifts. Again, our focus has to remain ever on the giver, never on the gift. Ever on the giver, never on the gift. You can tweet that or something, right? Something memorable. This is so important for us, for him to use us. Even when we're operating in the gift, our focus is ever on the giver. Never on the gift. All right? Now, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. I think we understand what prophecy is. Um, to another, discerning of spirits. If you look at what that re the way that is written there, and you study that discerning of spirits, it's not just like oh, I recognize there's a spirit here. Uh, the way Paul wrote it even goes so far as to recognize what the spirit is, the discerning of what the spirit is that's there. All right. Now, since these are gifts of the spirit, do you believe that the spirit of God knows? Whom he can trust with what gifts? He does. Now, the Bible teaches us the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So the Lord can give a gift, but it's his choice on. Unfortunately, I think there's probably people that operate in spiritual gifts that no longer have much of a deep relationship with the giver. That's why our focus must remain on the giver. There's diverse kinds of tongues and there is interpretation of tongues. It's why oftentimes, uh, if you've been around church very long, I I remember when I was younger, I was I would think. man, it seems like I mean, no matter where we went to church, because we were a military family, I remember thinking it seems like it's always one or two people in this church that always. Give the prophetic utterance and then it's always one or two that interpret the message. Is this for real? Or are, they, are, they, they, are they making this up? Are they, are they coordinating or what's going on here? But here's the thing. Like I said, I grew up in the military, so we moved a lot. And I would, I, would, I would be in church in North Carolina. I would be in church in Arkansas. I would be in church in Alaska. I'd be in church in Missouri. I'd be in church in Utah. And, and I would witness this in Washington, of course. And I would witness this. Well, I'm a little slow, as many of you, most of you know. I, be, right? I, I recognize there's a gift of diversity of tongues. That individual has a gift of diversity of tongues. That's why oftentimes it's one or two, right? Or that person has the gift of interpretation of tongues. That's why oftentimes. Does that mean God's only going to use them in, the, in, in a local congregation? Of course not. But we just understand that that's a gifting there. Does that make sense to everybody? we to understand these things about spiritual gifts. All of these work the one in the self-same spirit. Okay? These are for the edifying of the body. These are to bring glory and honor and attention to God. Never to the man or the woman. Now, I... um. If you read on into chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, Brother Jerry. Paul writes all of chapter 12, and he, at the end he says, and yet, he says, covet earnestly the best gifts at the end of chapter 12. He says, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now you say, well, what's the best gifts? I think it was, the first time I heard it, I think it was Brother Joe Ellis that said the best gift is the one that's needed at the moment. But Paul said, covet the best gifts, and yet, I show you a more excellent way. Again, man didn't put, or God didn't put the chapters there, man did, so we could find stuff. And he continues, verse number one of chapter 13, still talking about gifts. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, that sounds like a gift, right? And I don't have charity or love. I am become as a sounding brass or just a tinkling cymbal. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy. And I understand all mysteries. And I have all knowledge. Gift of knowledge. And though I have all faith. The gift of faith. So that I could remove mountains. That's a gift of miracles. And I don't have love. What am I? Nothing. Paul referenced almost every... Maybe he referenced all of them. I didn't. I haven't taken the time to break it down specifically. But he referenced in some form or fashion almost all nine of the gifts in those first two verses. And he said, It doesn't matter if I'm operating in all of them. If love isn't present in who I am as a child of God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. The gifts to heal, the gift to miracles the gift of prophecy, the gift of the word of knowledge, of the word of wisdom, the way I operate in all those things, if love, not just human love, God forbid, but the love of God, if the love of God is not operative in, with, and through my life, all those giftings mean I'm still nothing. All the gifts must operate in, with, and through the love of God. Not human love, the love of God. This is why fellowship with Him is so important. Because when I'm fellowshipping Him, I'm fellowshipping the Spirit of God. And the love of God, I know you've heard me quote this a lot the last couple of months, but it's stayed in my spirit. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. So when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you continually, and I continually fellowship the Holy Ghost in prayer, then the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. But you have someone who's been gifted a gift, and then they stop their fellowship because the gift becomes the measure of their relationship rather than fellowship. They stop operating the gift in love because their fellowship has been broken there's no longer the depth of relationship love everything must operate through the love of God we always seek the giver always focus on the giver the lord jesus christ now i i want to finish with this We read in Exodus chapter 8, I think, is where it's at. Don't quote me on that. But I think it's Exodus 8 and 7 where we find that Moses goes and stands before Pharaoh. Anybody remember that story? Right? And he's got his staff. It is. He's got his staff in his hand. And he takes it there in Pharaoh's court, right? Right? I'm going to show those that are opposing God the power of God. And he throws his rod down as the Lord has instructed him to do. And it becomes a serpent. Right? Notice verse 7. And the magicians, these are the magicians in Pharaoh's court. They did so or the same thing with their enchantments. Oh, we're all the way down to frogs already. So we've got to go back further. Don't worry about it, Brother Jerry, but you can go back further. I think this was the last one is the frogs. So, verse 7 and 10, he throws his serpent down, or his rod down, it becomes a serpent. And the magicians of this world, they throw their rods down, they become serpents. Oh, they must have the Spirit of God too. Oh, because we determine whether it's the Spirit of God or not by the gift. This is important. Please, church, the Lord is wanting to use us and flow through us in the operation of his gifts. We need to understand some things about the gifts from the word of God. Oh, they must have the gifts because I saw. No, they were of a different spirit. They were of a different spirit. So you could read a little further in that chapter. And you find Moses goes out the next day or one day, and he stretches his rod out over the Nile. Is that the river in Egypt? Yeah, yeah. Stretches his rod out over the Nile, and it turns to blood. Pharaoh calls his Egyptians. They come out. They're like, They stretch out their rod or whatever it is they're carrying around. And they turn water into blood. So. See, there it is. The Lord spoke. Moses did it. Verse 20 is probably where the magicians did it. Yep. Verse 20. And the magicians did the same thing. Now. Again. You and I can begin looking at the result of a gift. And see, this is the danger of going, oh, man, just because the gift operates through them, that must be God. We need the wisdom and the counsel and the love of God to discern these things. You go, we already saw it in in Exodus 8 and 7 which is the next plague, he, he tells them there's going to be frogs, and frogs come up across the land. The magicians do the same thing. Why you would want to create more frogs, only the Lord knows, but there you go. And the craziest part about that is when, just side note, when, when Moses comes back to Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, yeah, make the frogs go away tomorrow. You know, sometime when somebody's living in sin and the judgment of God, They just don't have the wisdom to say, get me out of this right now. I would imagine Pharaoh probably wanted to talk to his magicians see if they could deal with it first before he had to depend on God. But we see these these first three things, the serpent, the blood, the, the frogs, we see that the magicians imitate what the man of God had done. That did not mean they were of the Spirit of God. I think we can all agree. We need to know them that labor among us. We need to have the wisdom of God to recognize. So what becomes the indicator? Well, when you and I are filled with the Holy Ghost, it bears witness with our spirit. It bears witness with our spirit. We also recognize there's an evidence of the love of God that manifests itself and shows itself. This is important. In Second Timothy three, you can stand with me tonight. Please. Throwing out these verses, and I don't even know if they're right. And so Brother Jerry's so good at jumping around. Second Timothy chapter number three, verse one. That's where I want to go. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. He said, Timothy, know this the last days, perilous times are going to come. And then he begins to say what's going to look like. Men to be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth break. He names all these things. Verse 5, he says they're going to have a form of godliness. Notice that. They're going to have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What are we supposed to do if they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power? Timothy, turn away. Turn away. Notice, Paul is warning Timothy of last day things in the church. We're going to try to creep into the church. Verse 6, for of this sort, or this type of people, this type of spirit. Notice it's spirit. We're not wrestling flesh and blood. For of this sort are they which... Creep into houses. Why is he saying creep into houses? Because they were all meeting in houses. Got to protect your house. For of this sort are they which creep into houses. And what do they do? They lead captive. Now, I didn't put this in here. It's always a funny verse, but you got to see it in the context. They lead captive, silly women that are laden with sins. And they're led away with diverse lusts. They have all these different desires. And because they have different desires that aren't focused on the Lord, in perilous times, these people that love these other things, they come into the home. Now, remember, they have a form of godliness. They got a form of it. They may be able to quote some Bible verses. They may be able to say a few things. Right. They, may, they may say all the right things. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. This is, what this is what the end result will be. Paul said, Timothy, turn away. Now watch. He's given us instruction to understand in the last days and to the church. Verse 7 they're ever learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 8, watch. Now as Iannis and Iambres, I only say that that way because that's how it's supposed to be said. I used to say it the wrong way, but I, I've been reading this. I don't care if you call them Janus and Jambres or whatever. <laughs> I guess the J is an E. Ionis and Iambres. I don't speak Egyptian, but I guess that's how they say it over there. As they withstood Moses. So do these also. Isn't it interesting? Paul drew back. He drew all the way back to when Moses stood in Pharaoh's court. And these chief magicians. Withstood Moses in the court. And Paul said Timothy. There are going to be those that are going to come in. The same way that these magicians withstood the man of God, and they operated in some gift that seemed to be the gifting of God, that matched what Moses did, but it was of a different spirit. In the last days, Timothy, there are going to be those that are going to imitate what the Spirit of God does through the church. But it's a different spirit, Timothy. They're going to try to find their way into your homes. They have an intent that's to destroy and to lead away. And so you need to recognize the same way they withstood Moses. Here's going to be a key indicator. Watch. These also resist the truth. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or not. That's a resistance to truth. Oh, you know, we're saved by grace. You don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They're resisting truth. You don't need to live separated from the world. God's grace covers you no matter what. Live however you want. He loves you. They're resisting truth. Those become indicators. Now, hear me. We can't fall into a place of judgment and start placing labels on people. You understand. Talking about recognizing spirits that will work in this hour. They're men of corrupt minds. They're reprobate concerning the faith. Now. I feel in the Holy Ghost. Such an importance in this hour. And such an urgency in this hour. And this isn't new to most of us for the church to be the church. And that means we'll walk in and operate in the gifts of the spirit. And so we should desire them as the Lord leads us. We desire them for his purpose and for his glory, not for our glory, not to draw attention to us. But that captives would be set free. That the lame would be made whole. This is the desire of God through his body. We have to recognize there will be imitation. What's the imitation for? It's to withstand men and women of God the same way the imitators in Pharaoh's court withstood Moses. Don't be distracted. Moses knew his purpose, he knew his calling. He could have turned his attention to these magicians and gotten distracted and started cursing them and doing all this junk. His purpose was to go to Pharaoh. He heard from God. His purpose was that the children of God would be set free from bondage, that they would go and serve the living God. He never lost sight of his purpose and calling, even when the adversary brought imitation to withstand him. God, help us keep our focus on you and your purpose and calling in our lives. Amen? Would you pray with me right now? Amen. Itanamashitotoboko yata. Ilamando loboshi arabakahayeteheye. Your will, your plan, and your purpose in, with, and through your people, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Your will, your purpose, your plan, Father. The gifts of your spirit given severally as you will, operating through your body as you will, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give us understanding. Give us godly wisdom, I pray. In Jesus' name. Let your word take root in our spirit, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Amen. This is the desire of the Lord. To work through us. I know you know this. Don't disqualify yourself. Embrace God's plan for your life. And you don't need to fear any of this stuff. When you and I keep our eye on the giver. And we stay accountable to one another. Amen. This is is why Paul spoke of the gifts and then he spoke of the body. They're in the body. Brings accountability. And covering. Amen. Praise God. I love you. Appreciate you being here tonight. If um, if it is your plan and intent. Uh, to travel to Prosser tomorrow, I'd like to visit with you up here for just a moment, please. Thank you. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus name.